there was a group called the Police who had a similar song, and I looked up the verses to what the song had to say. And the verse goes as such: Every breath you take, every move you make, every bond you break, every step you take, I will be watching you. See, God sits high and He looks low, and He always watches every step we take. Just like a parent watching a child as they make their first step, and when they fall, he reaches out and helps that child up. That's the same thing God would do for you. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and be blessed. Father God, even now we bless you as we come into your presence this morning. Knowing, God, you sit high and you look low and you're ever-present, God, and you are a very present help in the times of trouble. God, even now as we come, we do give you thanks for safe travel of the families who went up and down the roads on the airlines and maybe even just across town or across borders, God, but we thank you for safe travels for them. God, this morning as we come into this place, we pray that you are transformed wherever we are into a sanctuary of worship for you, God. We pray this morning, Lord, you just glorify thine self through the singing, through the preaching of your word, through the fellowship over your word. God, those who we've invited into the service, we pray that you touch their hearts, O Lord God, and have a listening ear to receive your word, O Lord God, that they may hide it in their heart, O Father God. And even now, God, we ask you, Father, that you would take this, your child, and use me, God, to preach your word. God, touch the staff as they prepare their videos and audios to go for God. Wherever the audio is seen, wherever it's heard, wherever it's felt, God, I pray that you would change lives and save souls, O oh God. We tell you, thank you, Lord God, and we ask all in Jesus' name, and for his name's sake, we do pray. Amen. God bless you. This morning, as we prepare for our word, we're going to ask you that you would guide your attention to Psalm 37. Guide your attention to Psalm 37. And once again, while you're going to Psalm 37, take the opportunity to invite someone to morning worship service. Amen. Psalm 37. Amen. Psalm 37. Amen. And when you get there, just go ahead and say amen. Amen. You can let us know on Facebook by saying amen. Uh, you say amen on podcast. You can say amen wherever you are. Amen. It will know you're there. Amen. The thing we're trying to do is make sure we don't just feel like we're we're looking at Twitter or some other thing while we're actually having our service but you're really trying to connect with the Lord so with that being said as it falls in my heart if you are kind of multitasking you're looking at your your soap operas or you're catching up on Saturday Night Live or trying to you know wash the dishes while you're trying to partake in service we ask that you just kind of take this time and dedicate it to God amen Psalm 37 and I'm going to read just a few verses for you in mean, Psalm 37, we will begin reading at verse 21. Psalm 37, beginning at verse 21. And these are the words that we find. The wicked borroweth and pay not again, but the righteous shows mercy and giveth. For such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth, and they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, 
and he delighteth in his ways. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young, and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful, and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Depart from evil, and do good, and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loveth judgment, and forsake not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. Amen. Father God, we bless you now. We tell you, thank you, Lord God, for mercy, for grace, for your word, for your son, Jesus Christ, your incarnate word. We pray now that you will lead our hearts and our minds, Lord God, to worship you, Lord God, to the preaching of your word. Touch our heart this morning. Save our soul today, God. Deliver someone now, God. We tell you, thank you, Lord God, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Bless God. Amen. Amen. This morning, our quick thought, amen, is every step you take. Amen. Every step you take. One more time, just so you know you're totally covered. Amen. Every step you take. Um, and then if there's a sub-thought with it, it's God is watching. In other words, amen, every step you take, amen, God is watching. Amen. I was um, sitting and communing and trying to ask God what he would have me to say on this week here. And he just kept dropping this on me. He just kept dropping this on me. And, and he took my mind back to this group called the police. I'm not talking about the ones who are law enforcement. We respect them and we appreciate them. And there's a need for a law enforcement, amen. Just so you know, if you don't have any law enforcement, no one enforcing the law, we'll have a lawless society, amen. We'll have a lawless society. But this group of men, amen, the police, amen, they were singers, they were musicians, and they sang this song saying, every step you take, every breath you take, you know, I'll be watching, amen. That's a very good song, a very good thought, but we know in reality, amen, with us as men, amen, we are one dimension. We're not multi-dimensional. We're here and we're nowhere else, amen. Even when someone says, hey, I'm there in spirit, we're only right here where we are, man. You may think about being there, but here with God, amen, no matter where we are, God is always there. Notice what the Lord says to him, amen. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you, I'll be with you always. To me, amen, if you're going to be with me always, amen, it's not just, amen, when I'm here or when I'm in church, amen, but anywhere I go, I know God will be there. Say, Lord, if you make your bed in hell, guess what? I'm there also, amen. So God is saying, amen, every step you take, he's there watching. Notice what the word says, amen. God sits high and God looks low. God says, amen, he reigns on the just as well as the unjust, amen. Those who are saved, those who are unsaved. Those who are righteous and those who are wicked. And notice, amen, as David starts talking in this text here, David is reflecting on life at this point. David later in the scripture says that he was young and now he's old, amen. So he's looking back on life at where things have been. And he realized that every step he took, God was right there watching him. That's a good takeaway, church, amen. No matter where you are, what you go through, amen, the highs in life, the lows in life, amen, God is right there with you. If you are a believer, notice what it says, amen, that the wicked, amen, they're going to be soon cut off. 
In, in other words, I mean, he said, in, in the very beginning, he said, fret not thyself because of evildoers, amen, for they shall soon be cut off. Notice what he's telling about. He said, no matter what it looked like to you on the outside, amen, you may look like you're losing, amen, down here, but God has already written your name in the Lamb Book of Life, and then to be cut down those who don't believe him, those who are not trust him, those who, amen, are the evildoers. See, here's something about life, and David realized this thing, amen, that in this life, amen, you're going to have some trouble. Y'all got it, church? You're going to have some trouble. Say, I'm going to have some troubles in life. Amen. But even though I have troubles, amen, I know my big brother. Amen. I know my Savior is right there with me. I know God, my Father, is looking down upon me. Amen. But David realized, amen, that you got some lows in life. And when you're trying to do right, Got any righteous folk out there this morning? You got anybody who really loved the Lord out there today? And then who said, hey, Lord, for you I live, for you I die. And this is my testimony, and this is my walk with I know, God, that you order my stuff. I believe in you, God. But that's what David was, amen. Y'all know the story, amen, how David even went into battle against the giant because he knew, amen, that he was coming against his God. But David knew he was coming in the name of the Lord. David did not for himself. But he did because he knew God was his savior. God was his refuge. God was his very present help in the time of trouble. But David is looking back, amen. And, and we talked last week just a bit, amen, about David's encounter with Saul. So let's go a little bit more on that. Now, we find ourselves over in 1 Samuel 24. One of the things that we find while we're there, we find, amen, that David had been chased by Saul. Don't, don't think I'm off track. I mean, this is right along with the lesson this morning. But notice now, David finds himself over in 1 Samuel 24. He, he has already had an encounter with Saul. Saul had been chased. Remember last week I told you, man, Saul was going to chase him. And Saul said, I want David dead. I want David really, really dead. In other words, I want to bury that boy. But so David was on the run. And while David was on the run, and it's, it's something about God. When he said, yeah, I, I'll be there every step you take, I'm going to be right there. While David was running from Saul, God was right there with him. God was taking care of David, and so David found himself hidden out in a cave, and all of a sudden, amen, we're up to the now, David found himself in one cave, and Saul, while he looking for David, found himself in another one. And the report came again to David, that the man, Saul, who's chased you, he's over there, and oh, by the way, they're all asleep, and I'm paraphrasing this, this is what you find, amen, they're all asleep, amen, so David went over and looked, and they even said, David, you can go kill Saul right now. But see, David realized, amen, that David realized that he himself belonged to God. Y'all follow me now. You've got to make sure that you know that you belong to God. Because when you think you belong to God, but you really don't, you find yourself in trouble. When you belong to God and don't realize you belong to God, y'all follow me? When you belong to God and you don't realize you belong to God, you'll start doing crazy. So these men came to the David, he's right there. So David went over there with his sword, and he saw Saul that sleep. Y'all know when you sleep, amen, and you really get that good sleep, that deep rim sleep, amen, where your body's purging itself, amen, you don't know what's going on. Really and truly, you have left this world and don't realize it. So David gets there, and he sees that Saul is asleep. Now, David, unlike a lot of us, because the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. I mean, David was a righteous man. He messed up, but he was a righteous man because his heart was right with God. So he got there, and, and he saw Saul asleep. Think for yourself, church. If your enemy, be real now so God can purge your heart. I mean, be real about it. Don't be fake. Don't give me the churchy answer. I mean, be real about it. If you found, amen, your enemy lying there asleep, the one who you knew wanted to kill you, would you kill him in return? Or would you just turn and 
walk away. See, David, amen, he didn't have to answer that question, amen, with his mouth. He showed it by action, amen. And that's what God is judging, not just what's coming out your mouth, amen, but he's judging by the content of your heart. So David got him, saw Saul asleep. Instead of him killing Saul, he cut a little piece of his robe off. And he kind of took that, amen, not to boast or brag, but just to show Saul that Saul, all that these men are saying about me is not true. Because here's the backdrop, amen. All of these folk who happened, Saul, said, hey, Saul, David wants your position. No, David never asked God to anoint him king. David never asked me king. David was just taking care of his father's sheep is what he was doing. But anyway, David, he cuts off part of the robe and he goes about his business. And so next one, Saul wakes up and he tells Saul, says, Saul, why are you chasing me? Why are you trying to kill me? And I know they said, but if I wanted to kill you, I could have done so. But I wouldn't do it, one, because I know you're the king. And two, I know that you're the anointed of God. And I I know that God put you where you are. See, church, with us, sometimes people, we get envious and jealous of what other folk have going on. But y'all know the word, what God has for me, y'all go ahead and say it. It's for me, amen. In other words, what God has for you is yours, it's not mine, amen. And God tells us, amen, do not covet a man's ox, don't covet his ass, don't covet his wife, don't covet anything that belongs to you. And I'm going to be envious of your neighbor, because what God has done for one, he will do for you also. If you realize, amen, that every step you take, God is watching over you, amen. So David tells Saul, so they get in the conversation back and forth, and then Saul was not an ignorant, ignorant man by any stretch of imagination, because you cannot get to be the king, the president, the lord over some lords and some things in this world, him, by being ignorant. Many folk, amen, they go to the job and they think they know more than the boss. Y'all yep. seen them. They'll come, man, he don't know what he's doing. Let's let, let get a coup and get him out of there. No! The Lord allowed him to be there. So David said, I don't want this here, but I could have killed you, but I would not become one. David loved the Lord. Yep. Yeah, y'all hear me. That, that's right. David loved the Lord, and therefore, amen, if you love the Lord, amen, you're going to love what God loves. And you're going you're gonna to accept whatever God allows. God allowed Saul to be king. Therefore, David said, I'm not going to touch God's anointed. I could have killed you, but because I love God so much, amen, and I don't want to get in trouble with God, I won't do it because I know that even now, God is watching on me. I believe deep down inside, David realized, amen, all the time he was running and ducking and dodging, amen, he knew that even though his trouble was all over his trails, that God was still watching over him. Church, remember, no matter where you are, what you're doing, God is watching over you. In other words, amen, God's got you. Y'all hear me? God's got you. And like the psalm says, amen, the script of a good man, the script of a righteous man are ordered by God. If God were to tell you which way to go and how to go and you went, that means God is going to provide for your every need while you're going. Y'all got that one? No, you don't. Here's what I'm saying, amen. God is going to provide for your every single need. Here's how we get messed up, Brother Walt. Every now and then, amen, we think, amen, our need is just abundance. When our needs of the penny is just a little bit, amen. So you got to realize, amen, God knows what you have need of. If, amen, he will close, amen, the lilies of the field, what about you? If, amen, he will feed the birds of the air who they don't build up and stock up food anywhere, if he will, what about you, amen? You're the crown and jewel of God's creation. God gave you dominion over 
left in verse with Saul. And at this point, amen, in Saul's relationship with David, Saul comes to himself. Saul realized, amen, y'all get this point here. Saul realized, amen, that every now and then, the enemy would come and tell you, amen, that your friend is your enemy. <laughs> he would tell you that your wife, she's the one that don't care for you. She's the one plotting against you. That your husband, he don't care for you. When that is nothing more than a lie straight from the pits of hell, orchestrated by Satan himself, amen. But Saul realized, amen, that David was not after how. Saul said, wait a minute now. If an enemy finds his enemy, He'll sleep and have a chance to kill him. He's not going to let him go. It's kind of like a snake. If you don't kill that snake today and you let him go, that snake meets you the next day. You're going to get bit because he's still a snake. But your friend is your friend is your friend, amen, and he's not your enemy, amen. So all of you, amen, who are thinking, amen, your friends, your brothers, and your sisters in Christ, in blood, you're thinking they're your enemy. And therefore, you're fighting against him, amen. Lay it down and let God have his way. Why? Because God is watching over you, amen. Every step, church, that you take as a believer, God is watching over you and he's going to take care of you. But next point, now notice, every now and then, we'll find ourselves, amen, seeing that the wicked seem to be prospering. Yeah, y'all got to make it plain. It, it, it's like, amen, they're working the same job you're working, and, and you're barely getting by. You got credit cards over here. Make it plain. You got credit cards over here, amen. You got loans over here, amen. You got a little, little friend bar over here. You got all of this stuff laid out. But they're working the same thing you're doing, and yet, not that we're envious of folks self-church, amen, but they got the multi-million dollar home on a hundred thousand dollar salary. That don't have, amen. They got all this stuff going on, amen. You're like, wow, why can't I be like that? No, you don't need to be like Mike. You don't know what Mike did to get away that, amen. You gotta be what God would have you be. So you look at the ground. Even though I'm not in it, wow, I would like to have one day living in that house over there. I would like to drive that. You know, whatever you like. I would like to do this. But then you got to think yourself, hey, God said, fret not thyself because the evil doer, for they shall soon be, soon be cut off. You don't know how they got there. But like Psalm, David watching, David probably saying in his heart, and this is me, my, my, my commentary, David saying in his heart now, wait a minute, God. Now, I've done right by you. I slew the giant. I kept my father's lamb. I was obedient to my father's voice. And he said, go. And when you told me to go, I was obedient to your every word. But God, look at me. Check yourself, church. Look at me, God. I've been doing everything. I'm in church Sunday after Sunday. I help the, the poor. Amen. I clothe those who are naked. Amen. I give to those who have need. I help anybody do anything, God. And I do it all in your name, God. But look at me. And then, God, I know this person over here, they're doing everything wrong. They cheat on their taxes. They cheat on their wife. I mean, they cut their hours of work. They log in like they're dead, and they leave, and they don't work. God. But look at them, and look at me, God, I'm doing it right. God, you told me, amen, to be obedient, and I'm being obedient, God, but look what's going on. It's not working out for me. So your little mind gets to the place that I would like to taste that. So every now and then you get up to like, I'm just tired of seeing them. 
You ever look at someone who they've been a man come home from work, he's been working day and night hard, and wife doing all she can, and they just can't make ends meet, and they look over there at these folk over here, and they seem to have it going on, and they don't, don't, don't clock in one day. You're like, wow, if I just have a day of doing that, let it go. So David may have gotten tired of seeing this, but the thing that David did, he continued to hold to God's unchanging hill. He knew that after a while and by and by, God was going to bring him out of what he was going through. But after a while, you get tired of it, church. You watch him, and, and what David it seemed like, it went from one person to the next. David let Saul go, so Saul went back to the palace. And David goes a little further, man, and he sees this, this man called Nadal, his, 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 his people, out there tending the sweet, cheating the fight, and David helps him out. David is still on the run. David is still running. Even though Saul said, I'm not going to do anything to you. David fled back to his cave at this conversation. And now he's in the wilderness, and he sees Nabal's people there tending their flock, doing all they have. David doesn't have food. He doesn't have a herd of sheep. He don't have anything going for him. He's not the king at this time. He's been anointed, but he's not in that kingly place. So he's wondering now. He said, Nabal, I, I, I watch over your people. I let them happen to them. I help them take care of their sheep. Can I get a little bit to eat? Nabal, he was a wicked man. Nabal said, no, I'm not going to give you my stuff, but I help your people. Get out of my face. That would infuriate wouldn't it? You know, you don't help somebody out, and now it's your turn to be helped, and they say, ain't no help for you. Go get your own. Why should I give you what I have? That's the wicked man David is referring to, the type of wicked man they referring to. So at some point, you get tired of Saul chased him, and now you've done right by men over here, amen. You've done right by Nabal, not even knowing who he was. And he tells you, get out of his face. Hearts get furious. So David said, you know what? I got something for We're going there. We'll just ravage this whole village will take him out. And so Nabal's people, and Shephir and Nabal's people go back and tell Nabal's wife, who's a good person, amen, said, you know what? We was out here tending the flock, and these men, they didn't hurt us. They helped us out, amen. And they asked our Lord, they asked Nabal if he would help him. He said, no, get out the face. The wife realized that that wasn't right. Realized what these men, 400 men, could do to him. So she got some stuff together, man. Got a couple of lamb, man. Got some chicken, man. Got some bread and took and gave it to him. They was mounting up, getting ready to do something. See, here's how God is. God is sitting high. He's looking low. He's watching over you and I. And he knows, amen, when your heart, when your mind, when your body, your psyche, he knows when you've had enough. And David was at that point. I just let Saul go. And now I'm in the name of help him out. And he won't help me. Don't find yourself upset when folk don't return the favor. Don't stop giving them the favor that God lays on your heart. Because after a while, by and by, God is going to show up. Remember, I told you now, every step you take, God is right there watching over you. God knows when to step in. He knows you have need of, and he knows what to withhold from you. And somewhere deep down inside, there's something, church, that God is trying to develop in you. The step of a good man. A righteous man are ordered by God. Even though the road may seem stony, it may seem hot, but know that God has you covered. So David got there, and after wife came and gave him stuff, David turned from what he was going to do. You ever get in your mind and heart, someone that did your wrong, and now you're saying, you know what? I'm going to get him. I got something for you. You ever been there? Just so broken. Just hurt. But you got to stop and take the time 
to realize that you belong to God. So what do you do? You've got to live a righteous life. How do you do that, amen? David did it by always trying to honor God, amen? Even though the troubles that came his way was unwarranted. You, church, when you belong to God, and please listen good, you who belong to God, you need not do anything to conjure up trouble. Christ said, in this life, you're going to have troubles, church. Stop believing what you see on TV. Stop believing like Saul, the words of your friends who are really not your friends trying to get you to be like them, amen. You're going to have trouble in this life. You're going to have heartache. You're going to have pain. You're going to have disappointment. You're going to have these things. But be not weary and well-doing for in due time, God will exalt you, amen, if you wait on him. So we find ourselves now over in Psalm 37, but David is looking back on life, saying how he was young and now he's old. And something that David realized, amen, that he has never seen the righteous forsaken. So church, when you look and you realize, amen, that every step you take, God is right there watching. Know this, that David said, based on his life experiences, he's never, ever seen the righteous forsaken. What do you mean, amen? When you belong to God, God will take care of you. But what happened, preach, amen, you got to the point where you start to take care of you. God was too slow for you. Therefore, you took matters into your own hand. God talking to somebody, you took matters into your own hand. If church, if that's you this morning, amen, where you're taking matters into your own hand and you're trying to avenge yourself, amen, let it go. And just stand still and wait on and see the salvation of God. Why? Because God is watching over you right now. So David realized what was going on, amen. So he allowed all of this bad to keep happening over and over and over again. And David, he decided that he must leave vengeance into the hands of God. Notice his conversation with Saul at their end. So he said, you know, Saul, I'm going to let you go. And if you do me wrong, God is going to judge and avenge you. That's powerful. In other words, I mean, I'm not going to get my hands dirty. I'm not going to get myself in a bad place with God. I'm going to let God judge between you and me, and God will avenge me. Church, you got to have a good relationship with God to allow God to avenge you. The word tell me to be slap you on one cheek, turn and give me the other cheek. That's a hard thing. I hurt right there. And it looks like they hurt. Amen. Looks like they hurt. So you turn the other cheek and watch God show up. Now, church, God's time is not like our time. He's on a whole different level, a whole different realm. God is saying, you think you know what's best for you. You think you know how much you can bear. But I can put a little bit more in it because there's something that I need to squeeze out of it. You ever squeeze a lemon? See, now if you take the lemon and you kind of mush it up a little bit before you cut it, you're going to get all the juice out of it, amen. That's what God here mushes up. Then the mush is getting us ready. So all of the trouble y'all going through, 
You think that's the trouble, ain't it? God is getting you ready for the real deal, ain't it? But then God's trying to squeeze some of that ungodliness out of it, amen. Because y'all know, amen, we were wretched, we were undone, amen. We were on with the hell, anyhow, amen. But God came on and saved us when we were yet dead in our sin. Dead, that means you didn't realize what mess you were in. But during that time, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us while we were dead in our sins and trespasses. This morning, some of you may still be dead in your sins and trespasses. But what God is trying to do is get you to realize that even now, even though you haven't given your life over to him, he's still there watching over you. Just think to yourself, amen. You went out one night and you did something you had no business doing and you knew it. Yet you made it home anyhow. And he got home and didn't realize how you got home. That was nothing more than the grace of God. And God said, hey, I spared you so you can get right with me. Now is the time of your salvation. God has kept you. You need to realize that God is waiting for you to get right. So David realized, amen, that vengeance belonged to God. So he told Saul, Saul, I'm going to let God judge between me and me. And God will have vengeance. And church, allow God to have the vengeance. But too often... When these troubles come, we'll find ourselves being on the wicked side. Like David told us not to be noticed, amen. There's a good talk text and hasten to your clothes, amen. David says, amen, the step of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighted in his ways. Church, if you want to be well-pleasing to God, let God order your step, let him direct your path, and you're fallen, and he'll be well-pleased with you, amen. Then he says, amen, though he falls. So in other words, I mean, you're going to have some trouble, you're going to slip, you're going to stumble, and oh, by the way, you might fall. Don't be all embarrassed and say, Dad, I didn't know I'd do that. And hold your head down and go back where you used to be, amen. Realize, man, though he fall, he says, he shall not be utterly cast down. That means you're not out of the game. Amen. A game has four quarters in it for football and even basketball. You ain't get knocked down a few times. But if you get back up, amen, maybe it's the fourth quarter when you get it together and God brings and glorifies himself by edifying you and lifting you up. But you got to let God do it, not yourself. David went through it. David dealt with it. And ultimately, God allowed David to be king over Israel. And guess what? He was somebody's enemy. The enemy recognizes, brother. The enemy recognizes, sister, when God has his hand on you. Amen. He knows when you're walking with the Lord. Amen. Saul knew that David was walking with the Lord. Saul said, you surely will be king over Israel. God, dog almighty. Think about it. Man. The king says, I know that God is going to let you be king. Whenever amen, the enemy tells you that God has gone on me like that, go ahead and shout right now. Go ahead and give God some glory. Say, God, I thank you, not because of me, but because of you. When you let the enemy see, amen, the enemy want to kill me. But now he tells me, amen, that God's got some good for me. So God can use anybody. Now notice, even with Saul, God had actually allowed Saul to prophesy. As wicked and wretched as he was. Don't touch God's anointing. But allow God to have the vengeance. God says out of his mouth that vengeance is mine. I'm almost done, church. I'm almost there, amen. So notice he goes a little further now. And, and this is a kicker. He says, for the Lord upholded him with his hand. Not just that you're going to get back up. We get it. We get excited about the song. We fall down. But we get up. We get all excited. I'm going to get back up. Uh-uh, uh-uh. See, God upholds those who's righteous. Those you get up, realize that you're not doing it in and of yourself. 
realizing God picked you up. Notice, he picked you up out of the muck and the mire clay and he placed your feet on a solid rock to stay. You got to realize, amen, like David did, amen, God is watching over me. Though Saul chased me, though Nabal would not help me, God is still watching out for me. Why? Because every step you take, church, God is right there. Now, David brings it home. David said, I have been young and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Oh my goodness, my cup runneth over me. That means your children, your family, they're blessed, even though they may not be doing what they should not be doing. There's a lot of stuff our children them will realize. Amen. We all, amen, hope and believe that our children got it totally together. But remember when you were 17? Remember when you were 16, 18, 20, whichever age group you were. Remember when you were there? And now your child is there. Don't you believe everything them little rascals tell you? Amen. But what you have to do for them, amen, don't put them in the corner and interrogate them and pull the fingernails off, amen, and see matches between their toes. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> no, don't, don't do that one, amen. Don't, don't, don't do that one, amen. But what you do, amen, is you, you anoint them. You take them rascals and you take that oil, amen. You anoint them with oil. You pray over them. You're in a seed for them. And oh, by the way, when you have to take it to the next level, it's time to fast, husband. It's time to fast, wife, amen. We don't know what he's doing, what she's doing. We're going to turn our plate down. We're going to really turn this over to the Lord. Jesus said, some come not but by fasting and prayer. You got to give them a double dose, amen. But if David said, I was young and now I'm an old man. I've seen some things in life, amen. But one thing I have not seen, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen the seed begging bread. Why? God know every step that they take, that God is right there watching over them. The last point for me, church, you must realize that God is watching over you. The next time you just feel like giving up, throwing in the towel. You feel like going back to whatever you were, whatever you did. The next time you feel like that, say, no, God is watching over me, and I belong to God, and therefore, God is going to take care of me. I'm reminded of a story I read, amen, a preacher telling the story of, of a gentleman in another country. He was there, he was a shop owner, and the missionaries went to him and said, hey, um, you know, we're trying to do some good work here, and we need some help. Can you make a contribution can you give us a love offering? Can you help us with our, the work of the Lord? The missionary got a check from the guy. The shop owner wrote a check for $250. And right after he gave the man the check, put it in his hand, someone came and reported to him, hey, you know what? One of the trucks of all these, has all these goods that you bought that was coming to your store, hey, amen, that thousand of dollars worth of stuff, the truck just got rid of all your goods. You're going to tell that Joe, don't it? Instead of amen, him saying, you know what? Come here, let, let me have that back. So what did he do? Call him, brother. He said, hey, come here. Let me have that check back. See, that's what some of y'all would do. Y'all say, you know what? I got. I just gave you a hundred dollars, but I need that money back. Leave it where it is. So the, the guy said, no, give me that check back. So he gave the check back to him. The guy took the check, tore it up, wrote him another check, gave it to him. The missionary looked at it. He think he had went from $25 down to, excuse me, for $250 down to $25. That'd be fine. I, I think he made a mistake in giving me this check. 
You know, you wrote this check out for $1,000. Your truck just got destroyed. You know, lost goods. You know, <clears throat> God is telling me something. I need to do a little bit more. I need to commit my way more to the Lord. So he gave me $1,000. And just like Job, and then God bless him and his ladder in. So church, when you realize amen, that every step you take, God is watching you no matter the trouble. Don't change any of the good deeds that you plan to do. Do what you plan to do. Whatever you purpose in your heart, do it. Don't change that plan. Even though it may seem tough, you God's talking to us this morning, church. He said, don't change what you plan to do. Continue to do good, amen. And after a while, amen, God will show up, amen, and reward you. Job in the perfect example. Job, though he had trouble on every side. His home, his children, his land, his cattle, his, everything destroyed. But Job never, ever lost his integrity toward God. Job never turned his back on God. Though his wife came in and said, hey, won't you curse your God and die? He wouldn't do it. That's what we have to be, church. We cannot turn our backs on God. We've got to realize that every step, no matter how small or how big, every step you take, God is right there watching over you. In other words, God has everything under control. Though in your eyes, it may seem tumultuous. In your eyes, it, may, it seems like the whole world is coming. In your eyes, it may seem like your world is falling off. But God's got it under control, church. But you've got to trust God. And we're going to make a deliberate effort to have our mind made up. They're going to trust God. I'm going to follow God. Amen. This old brother at the nursing home years ago, and we ain't been out there this year, he always sang this song. Amen. I got a well-made-up mind. Though the gentleman had gotten older, that lost his sight, that lost a lot of his mind, but he had that one thing in his heart. I've got a well-made-up mind. Church, do you have a well-made-up mind to follow the Lord? We ask you that question today because if you take a look at all that's going on in our world, the food lines are getting long. Jobs are going on. Half of the small business in certain states are already going under, amen. And some of the big businesses cutting back, amen. Do you have a well-made-up mind to follow the Lord, to trust the Lord, and know that every step you take, every breath you take, God is right there watching you. And if he's watching you, he's going to take care of you. Do you believe today, church? How do you get there? You give your life to Christ. Many of you right now are saying, you know what? I'm ready. I believe that God is right here. I've had so much trouble, but what you have to do now is turn your heart, your mind, and your life over to God. I don't care what you did before 11 o'clock this morning. I don't care where you've been. I don't care where you're looking at the service at. But the thing that I do care about is that you get your life right with God today. Christ tells us, amen, that tomorrow is not promised to us. There's no guarantee of this afternoon. There's no guarantee that you have a second chance. Take a look, church. Around the world, this virus is taking folk out. And it's not just the pneumonia they get. It's heart attacks. It's strokes. It's men taking them out. And oh, by the way, God says, I'm no respect of person. The same thing I did for him, I'll do for you. The same thing I allowed to come to him, I allowed to come to him. I was watching the story last night. Young boy, 17 years old, got this virus. A couple days later, he checks out. It's an old person. They get it. They live for a couple months. Check out. Church, don't find yourself checking out before you get it right with God. James says, we're appointed one time to die, and after our death, come the judgment. So what are you saying, Brother Preacher? Get right, get right now. Father, we bless you. We praise you. 
And we thank you, Lord God, for this day. We ask you, Lord God, even now, that you, God, will touch those who don't know you now. We pray that you draw them out of the darkness. Draw them, God, into your marvelous light. God, save them, convert them, and seal them, God, and keep them into the day of redemption, God. That day when your son comes back and carries us home, Father God. I pray now, God, that those who are walking with you in your will and your way, that you will strengthen them not become weary and walking with you. Strengthen them, God, and not become weary and well-doing. God, I pray that you will bless each and every one. God, we pray your blessing upon this church. Every member, God, those who are absent, God, those who are present, God, I pray that you watch over God, keep it, God, safe and secure, God, in the name of Jesus. God, those who have experienced bereavement, God, this week, I pray, God, for their family who's here, their family who's out of state, God, I pray that you cover them now in the name of Jesus, Father God. I pray, God, that even through death, God, you would allow someone to see you and give their life over to you, Father God. Those, God, who are struggling in their relationship with you, God, I pray, God, you assure them and mend it up, oh, Lord God, and make them strong, God, and allow them to walk with you now, God. I tell you, thank you, God, and even now, God, as we walk this day, allow us, God, to know, to realize, to feel that you are watching over us, that every step we take, every breath we take, God, you're right there, and you're not going to let us fall, God. You're going to pick us up, God. We tell you, thank you, God, and we ask it in Jesus' name, and for his name, take we do pray. Amen. Amen. If you're here and you're ready to commit your life to God, you say, Brother Preacher, I believe that God is right there watching my every step. I ask even now that you would give your life over to Christ this morning. All you need to do is to believe that God has sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins. Believe that He did die. Believe that God did raise Him up from the dead. All you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart and receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The Bible declares that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This morning, is there one for Jesus Christ? If you're on Facebook and you're ready to receive Him, Say, I'm ready to receive Christ. We're going to pray with you, amen. If you're on Zoom, just raise your hand. We're going to pray with you this morning, amen. Amen. If you want to call in, you have somebody's phone number, call them, and they will put the information in for you. But we want to pray with you, amen, that you can have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Why do we speak with such urgency? We look at all of the things that are unfolding in our world, in our country, and we look at what the Word of God says about the last and evil days. And we see these things come to pass. We realize, amen, that no man knows the day when Christ is going to return. But the old folk, you say, don't let him catch you with your work undone. So here we realize, amen, the word of God is being fulfilled and Christ is soon to return. So it's a one for Christ. We're going to pray with you this morning. Bow your heads with me. Father God, some have come this morning. Some we know of God. Some we don't know of. They come to give their life to your son, Jesus Christ. I pray now, Lord God, then they have confessed Christ Jesus as Lord, confessed it has died. They believe, God, that you raised them up from the dead, God, and they're asking now to save them. I ask, God, you will save them, cover them, and seal them, God, and give them strength for this journey. God, where they're weak, I pray that you will strengthen them and allow them to know, God, that you are watching over them just as you watch over David. 
without realizing, Lord God, that David was a man who had sinned in his life. Also, God, but you saved him. You preserved him. And you did not remove that calling from him, God. So I pray now, Lord God, you have saved souls today, delivered souls today, God. And those, God, who have been living in a backslidden condition, I pray, God, you would turn their hearts and minds back to you today, God. We tell you thank you. And we ask God in Jesus' name, amen. If you gave your life over to Christ Church, we ask that you reach out and let us know that you have, amen, that we can rejoice with you. Those who are in the church, amen, we encourage you to continue to walk with the Lord and tell somebody today, tell someone this week about the love of Jesus and how they can give their life to him. If someone desires to give their life, if you're unsure, give them a call, amen. No matter where we are, dial a number, we'll help you lead them to Christ. Those who have committed themselves to helping the family that we're supporting in this time of need, we ask that you please continue to reach out. If you give your money, don't give a fire or throw an offering. Make sure your earmark is our trustees and know what to do. But you can reach out to me, give it to me. We're making sure that all their bills are taken care of until they can do um, for themselves. And once again, we do remind you of the scripture in Acts 2 and 42. I said they had all things common. That means they took care of each other. If I have a need, I would hope my brothers and sisters would help me. If you have a need, we're going to help you. Amen. Amen. So God bless you and God keep you until next week. Amen.